Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of fantasy sports today. A couple of big running back issues in fantasy this week. We also have our college football preview with John Lobb. Will the Gators pull off a big upset at LSU? That and much more as fantasy sports today. Our one o'clock hour begins now. Fantasy sports today. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia, with you here on the show. We've got a big baseball game tonight between the Rays and Astros. We're going to get into that in a minute. And some interviews in baseball as well. But, Joe, uh, some interesting football topics popped off here uh, late last night. As we saw, you know, actually in the afternoon, what happens in the West Coast, because Joe and I live on the East Coast, is that a lot of these practice reports come in much later in the day, even from we're on the show. So we don't get to cover that for you. We kind of have to bring it to you the next day and two running backs this week, Joe, that popped up as questionable on the injury report, David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals and uh oh, drum roll, Todd Gurley of the Rams. And uh, and those people who did not check their afternoon waiver wire and do not put in bids last night are going to be sorely disappointed today. Uh, full transparency with me, Joe, as you know, in this guillotine league, I have Todd Gurley, and I was wondering why I woke up this morning after not checking and seeing Malcolm Brown at it. I thought that was peculiar. <laughs> I went and I checked and saw, oh, my gosh, Gurley's questionable. So that triggered me immediately, and I grabbed this kid Edmonds on Arizona. Hopefully I can make up for that if uh, David Johnson doesn't play. But, man, these, I mean, we're already in a wasteland of running backs in the NFL. What happens if these two guys don't play this week? Edmonds was the better pickup anyway with the way the Rams are not running the football. So even if Gurley was out, I wouldn't have told you to pick up Malcolm Brown. I would have told you to go pick up Chase Edmonds because even if Johnson should be good enough to play, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for Edmonds in that game than Malcolm Brown because they're just not running the football. This is not what they're doing. It's a thigh contusion, and I just want to – contusion means bruise. So he probably got hit in practice or he got hit doing something, whatever it was, or got hit in the game, and it's bothering him. Todd Gurley's going to play. That's not the injury you're worried about. The DJ injury I'm worried about, it's a back issue. Back issues, not good. If you've had any, and you had back issues a couple years ago, right? Members, memory serves. Boy, you're bringing up all this wacky stuff. I have no idea where back no, injury. Do you have a back? I thought you had a back thing once. <laughs> I don't know. Just the weed, we were the weed, is, the weed is really taking like hold that? early into the, in this show today. I thought you had a back thing. I don't, I don't know. I thought you were going to get a back thing and you couldn't move around. Uh, maybe I'm confusing you with Matt Carpenter. I don't know. <laughs> no idea, man. No idea. Anyway, if you've ever had a back injury of any kind, you know, it just it's it's the worst. And for an athlete and a running back specifically, you know, the only thing worse than legs is back. So this is something that you got to monitor real closely, especially because Chase Edmonds came in last week had six for 68, caught a couple balls and looks good. He's got a great matchup. Edmonds, I'll tell you what, if DJ 
is oh, out. Yeah, he yeah. is going to be one of the highest owned over on on FanDuel. He's just fifty two hundred. Wow. He's going to be like forty percent owned in in the tournaments. I'm sure of it. But that's not necessarily the wrong play. Just because it's shock doesn't make it wrong. Edmonds is lined up for a great opportunity there. So he, you should be if he's still out there, go add him and speculate right now. But this is terrible because DJ also finally was coming off a game where you started to get excited about him and it's a back issue and now he might not play this week so it's brutal don't worry about yeah. Gurley; he'll be fine oh <laughs> you and Gurley will be fine when we're doing this for like two months hopefully yeah so. but I, you know, you're the I one cannot... who keeps reassuring me he's scoring two touchdowns every well, week well i was very happy fine. with last week's performance what about the very... week before he had two touchdowns he got four touchdowns in two weeks what more do you what more can Did i give he, you he scored two the week before that I'm sure. almost positive. Well, you better double check your numbers there. I thought he had one, two or one. All right, I'll go back. That's big difference between one and two. Trust me on that one. But he did score yeah, twice go last week. Yeah, and two touchdowns. Two weeks in a row? No, I got to look. But yeah, but last week, two touchdowns. I'm going yeah, looking right now. Relax. Why, why I'm going. Throwing, I'm going. Why are you throwing fake news It takes out? a while for the game log to pop up. I'm looking. Hold on a second. No, okay. no, two. I was right. Apologize. He had two touchdowns the week before that? Oh, how many times am I going to say it? He okay, listen, I don't remember that, but that's fantastic. Myself. Now I'm looking at it, and I'm listen. Todd Gurley like, doesn't have to get a yard all year. You ready? You ready? Touchdowns every week. Tampa yeah. Bay, five carries, sixteen yards, two touchdowns. That's Seattle, fantastic. fifteen for fifty-one, two touchdowns. I'm awesome. sorry, Joe. Well, you were right. There you go. <laughs> you <were laughs> right. okay, the I'm numbers, sorry. the numbers don't lie. I'm not going to apologize. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> you were right. That's awesome. And I'll listen. If he does that every week, I'll take that the rest of the year and never take him ever yeah. again in fantasy. But I will That's take a, that. I will take 12, 12. points yeah. from Todd Gurley every game the rest of the year and not complain. But if he doesn't play in the guillotine league, I'm dead. I mean, I'm, I am dead. If he doesn't, that's what you say every week. You're like that guy who says I'm dead every week and he keeps living because he knows it's like good luck. You know, you congratulating all the other teams via text message every day. It's true. It's true. (laughs) All right. uh, Baseball. Let's let's go to baseball here for a sec, Uh, because we don't have the rest of the shows all football. So uh, Rays Houston, we've we've written off uh, the Rays back to back games now. So this is the last chance. We want to give the Rays a chance tonight at Houston. Yes or no? Uh, I'll give him a chance, but I, yeah, my, my bet,ing man, it would be on Garrett. We're Cole. gonna go. We're gonna go again against them again. They're gonna win again tonight. Oh my! That's God. fine. It's harder to win. It in happen. It's gonna be harder. To I win know, there. but my, I mean, look, they do have the best pitcher in all of baseball on the mound. So you would think, but I would be a little scared. I do think. I do think they'll win. They win. <laughs> all right. We said that the last two times too. All right. Uh, Joe Girardi interviews with the Cubs. You think he ends up getting this job? Is this the dream job Joe Girardi always wanted? It's about he the Cubs more than it is about Girardi. Well, I mean, again, he's always been kind of like Mr. Cub anyway. Like he's always been the Cubs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think this is a lock. Everyone talking about him with the Mets. I'm like, I don't see that. He, he's always it's, wanted to be it's the a Cubs. Cubs decision, though, Joe. It's not Girardi's decision. It, it, well, it's not like Girardi. Walks who do you in want? And- do you want Ross or Girardi if you're the Cubs? Um, I've heard Mark Loretta could be the favorite. Hey. <laughs> I, hey, I easy there. He, I'm, what, what I, I'm laughing at like Mark Lerner is not qualified. I'm just saying it's well, like, I'm just saying you, you know, can't compare things, the two resumes. Let's be honest. You can't, but you also could compare somebody that you can mold into who you want to be. You cannot. Did mold you have interactions Girardi. with Girardi when he was a manager? In sure, of course. Okay. You I cannot mold. Sure, Joe, like, you cannot mold Joe Girardi. He is who he is. You can mold Mark Loretta. You can tell you the, the line. Well, then if that's the case, then it's going to then Girardi's not going to be the manager of the Cubs. Maybe not, but we don't know that. I, I, I'm just saying I don't know one way or the other, but Joe Girardi would take the job in a second. I don't know if the Cubs are going to offer him the job. I'm not That's the biggest the- Girardi as a manager fan. Like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of missteps and miscues over his career with the Yankees in the playoffs that were very puzzling. 
very puzzling decisions. How would, all how the would time. you feel about Carlos Beltran being the manager? I would feel of the terrible Mets. about it. I don't want it. I would no, no, no. <laughs> what? No. Why? No. Because I'm not. I'm just not. He was he was a moody guy. Was a player with the media, and you can't be a moody guy as the manager. It's it's one thing you get away with it when you're a player. This is the same guy that wouldn't come out for a curtain call because the guys the, the fans have been booing him because he didn't do jack for two months. And then he had a big game and he had a big home run and they went ahead and everyone was calling for a curtain call and he wouldn't come out. No matter how much Carlos Delgado pushed him out of the dugout, I was like, hey, grow up, embrace the fan base. No, no, he is not the guy I want at the front. Edgardo Alfonso, I'll take any day of the week. That's the guy that I want if I'm a Mets fan. Yeah, my biggest fear is and I am. My biggest fear is what you laid out there is that. Not that he's a moody guy. It's just that as a manager of a baseball team, at least 50% of your job is interacting and telling the media what's going on. And can he do that? Uh, that's that because because I was thinking about him as a possibility for the Marlins, of course, playing um, you know with Derek Jeter in, in New York. And but they ended up signing Mattingly. So at least for the time being, that ship has sailed. But that when people asked me personally about Beltran with the Marlins, it wasn't the ability to connect with players. It wasn't the ability to um to take advice and manage and have a good bench coach. It was the ability to sit up there and answer our questions every single day and get pounded, by the way, get pounded. Uh, and in New York, which is the hardest place to do it. It's not like you're going out and being the, the manager of the brewers or something like that. It, it ate Mickey Calloway alive. It ate him alive. And Mickey yeah. Calloway is a, a, a personable fellow. I find him to be a very guy. personable, charming guy. guy. Like I yes. like Mickey Calloway. And when I hired him, I was like, well, wow, a nice, charming, fun manager. Maybe this will work out. I don't even know if they should have fired him necessarily. It wasn't, I mean, he, he wasn't the guy not closing games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah, they traded for Diaz. They who, traded who for Diaz, and he was a hot mess. He he, he blew, like, what, I don't know, like a, a million? 15, 17 saves. I don't know how many saves he blew. A lot. But, no, Carlos Beltran would be the worst guy for this job. I hate this decision, if that's what they did. Hate it. We'll, we'll take a short time out. Our Thursday night prop segment is next. Patriots and Giants. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. It is Thursday night. Joe Pizapia against the spread is coming off a win last week on Thursday, taking the Rams plus a point and a half. And uh, and ends up getting that win. So congrats. He thought he lost. We were giving Joe a win. It was his first one of the season. He feels bad because they didn't win the game. But we're we're betting against the spread now. Look, if you bet the game at game time, it would not have been a win because the line did change. But we are we are valuing these lines when we are doing this show, and we are giving you credit. Last week, Joe, you you picked up that W. Now you got you crushed on Monday night. You took the Browns, <laughs> but you did, did. get your thir- you did get your Thursday night win in. That's what's important. Okay, I, you, I, you feel, I, I feel like this is like the participation trophy. Like, good job, Joey. 
Joey, we're so proud. The game's not impossible to pick. They're very hard. They're very I hard. I know, but you ride me for even harder about well, it. Well, I mean, you lose I'm every on. game. I'm going to ride you. I mean, they, well, you, that makes it easy for everybody out there. Just do whatever just the fade, opposite fade, with the pick. Fade, fade Professor Pisa Pia. Yeah. Fade Professor Pisa Pia okay, when well, it comes well, to tonight, Thursday Night look, Football. Well, there tonight, look. Thursday I mean, Night Football. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, look, to me, I'm not even – look, the Patriots keep going under the total. That's something to keep an eye on because they score a lot and the other team does not. That seems to be at 30-7, 28-2, you know, like that. So unders have been a little bit of a trend with New England. They keep going under. They are laying 17 points tonight against the Giants. If this game was on a board of 15, Joe, there is no chance I would take either of these teams. But we only have this game tonight. It feels unfair. I think the only way you can go is New England. But, I mean, who who really wants to take their hard-earned money on a Thursday night game? There are better games on the board on Saturday and Sunday. But, in fairness, this is not one I would give you a hard time about either way. But we do need your pick. I'm sorry. Uh, look, um, a lot's being made of the weather, too, in this game. It's going to rain. Okay? It's rain. I know they say, oh, it's a northeast or whatever it is. It's 50 degrees in Foxborough right now and raining. That's it. Like, what's what's the big deal? So, and, and the Giants are going with nobody into this football game. No it appears one. that way. They're they're go, they're down to John Hillman, who went to Ohio State, I believe. He did not go to Hillman, which is the fictitious college from the Cosby Show, in case you remember. <laughs> and he did, and they're basically it's him and it's Golden Tate. And it's Daniel Jones. Golden Tate's back tonight. This could be your Golden Tate. Night. Golden Tate was back last week. I just nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> this is your Golden. You gonna? This is no, what you do. Next week tape, on this show, no, I'll Darius tell you who to tell. out there. That's Listen, the other Golden guy that Tate tonight. Eight catches. I did not yards. say that. I did no, not. No, I'm say saying that. it. Eight. Yeah, he's gonna no. have a huge game tonight, no, and then not. you can get out, get, get out from under him after. Tonight. No, he's not. But I'll tell you what. If you if you're trying to play this in a showdown, I think Darius Slayton's the one guy from the Giants you will take. Never heard of him until last week. Um, I actually think the Giants will cover but the pats will win wow so, so you're taking the giants plus the point 17 big job all right let's lot. write that one down they're so that's, bad that's but a it's shocker a that's a shocker 17 is a lot crazy. I, I would never Didn't you just go through this the other day with me when you, you you got in my kitchen about it because you said this whole like here gonna lay it out everyone comes out flat in the first quarter no score I agree. I, I agree with you, but I could not take the Giants. I can't take. You're the agreeing Giants. with you. You're agreeing with you. This but I. But in this game, I cannot take the Giants. I also was not aware of all those guys being out until yesterday. Ingram's out. They're all. Yeah. Out. No. Everyone's it's a horrible out. scenario. If I had to pick a side, it would be the Patriots. I would. I would advise anyone. Worry about Saturday. Worry about, about Friday night. There's a couple good college football games. Miami plays Virginia. Uh, Saturday. There's a bunch of good games. So what's your final in this game in your head? Like thirty-one to three. Is this like another one of those drubbings? Somebody, somebody brought up the other day. I was listening to a gambling show that he said, and I was like, I don't know if I. This sounds like a bunch of crap, but it's. It, they said that Belichick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they said that Belichick, the only franchise in college or pro sports that he respects, other than the Patriots, is the Giants because of his experience there, and he won't run it up. I was like. No, I've never heard that, that. I don't believe that all. crap, right? <laughs> that, that's, that's crap, right? But look, here, here's the thing. Like, if this game is 31-14. Then it's a push. Right. The 31-17. Like, uh, why can't it be that? You know what I mean? Why can't it? Why, why can't it be? 31-17, you win. Well, 31-17, I win. But I'm saying is, why can't it be somewhere like that? Like, the Giants can't get two touchdowns. I mean, I, I know, know the Pats defense the has been Pats so have, good. but Pats are historically, defensively, they're, they're giving up two points brilliant. a game, right? They've been brilliant, but I feel like there's got to be, I don't know. There's got to be something that doesn't go their way eventually. 
<laughs> you would think you would think that. And I'm Mr. Patriot. You know me. I'm Mr. I Patriot. Know, I know. I know. So I mean, I would say normally, yeah, you go out there, but something about when they see those blue helmets, I don't know. They get all wacky on me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a good maybe, point. They always maybe, they do, they have had their issues against the Giants in the past. But it's not the same Giants. It's not the Tom Coughlin Giants. What do you but mean? I don't know. Strahan's like playing right. <laughs> David Tyree is going to catch them. Oh my gosh! No, but that's the thing. It's like they beat them with David Tyree. Like, why can't they beat them with Darius Slate? They're not going to beat them. It doesn't matter. They're going to go in there and win this game. But seventeen is a lot. It's a lot on Thursday night. Thursday night's weird. I agree. If this was on a Sunday, I would say Patriots. If they're, it's thirty thirty one ten or thirty five three or some crap. I like despise that. this game tonight. I really do. It's, I do too. That's why game. I'm taking. That's why I'm taking it. Because because what if right. what if it's just like a regular Patriot game? What if it, what if they just score? I don't know. What if it's twenty four. 14 or something like that. That's going to crush people. It's going to crush these people. And that's a very reasonable score where the Pats still win. And then the Giants show up in garbage time. Yeah, no, it's, it's look, it's, it's with that many points. It's, it's not a bad play I, on I a just, Thursday. That's sucks. my problem. All right. All right. Uh, passing yards, Brady on FanDuel over under 275 and a half. Um, let's go under not my bunch, but under Daniel Jones, 224 and a half. Doesn't that have to be over for him? It has to be over, especially if I think they're, they're going to run it all, right? Well, they're going to try. <laughs> they're going to try. But yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to go. It's got to go over. Garbage yeah, time. I like an over on that. Sony Michelle, 71 and a half rush yards. Over. Yeah, that number's good. That number's really good. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say over too. They run. Uh, Hillman, 39 and a half rush yards. Over. They have to try. <laughs> they have, they to, have try. to try. No, they who's, have to who's try. Who's this to other guy the that they're talking about playing? Are the Giants? This backup? Uh, was it Dave Meggett? I don't know. Who's next in line? Where, where, where are we in Giants? I'm right on the waiver wire. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> where, where's uh, where's where's Jacobs and uh, Brandon Jacobs and who? Ron Diggy, Dane. Where's Ron Diggy Dane? Barber. Maybe he Barber. Diggy's in good shape. He can come back and play. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, Josh Next. Gordon. Josh Gordon, 58 and a half. Can this guy wake up eventually or no? No, under. Forget it. Ugh. Toast. It's done. Over. Sorry. Edelman, 69 Over. and a half. You're in on Edelman? <laughs> Over. Always. Over. Okay. He's a nightmare for the Giants in this the way the matchup plays out with the linebackers. He's a nightmare. Okay. Golden Tate, 52 and a half. <laughs> Uh, better go over here. This is your last uh, shot with him. Under, because I'm going to go over on the other guy. I'm going to go over on Slayton. So okay. under Darius Slayton, 44. And he's a half. the one guy you got to stop, right? If you're the if you're the Patriots, you got to stop Golden Tate. I say Darius Golden Slayton Tate. doesn't even catch a pass tonight. Oh pff, no way, no way. I, I never over. heard of this guy. We came out of nowhere. He's catching touchdowns all over the place. One week, for Daniel Jones, right? Not. Oh my God, here we go to the game log. Here please, we go. Please again. go all to the up. game log, please. All right, you keep going. What did Slayton do two weeks ago? I don't know. Please. Last week he caught a touchdown. I know. I'm sure. aware I'm of that. All right. All right. Relax. Slayton like, touchdown. I'm like, like when you're yelling at me to talk early. Um, no, he had three for 82 in the Bucks game. I know he had that's a big good. game. Three oh, for 82 is a good no, game. That, no, that is. That's a good. I'm sorry. He did not have the touchdown. Game. I was wrong about that one. So, but right, I know so he had a big game against the Bucks. I thought he had a TD. Okay. You're Steve Slayton over 44 and a half. Okay. Darius Slayton over. Steve Slayton. All right. James That's White. Steve. His name's not Steve. Why do you get James White? Steve? Listen, James White, 60 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined for James Over. White. Over. It's going to be the Edelman James White show tonight, if especially with the weather. 
the weather. I didn't even know about the weather. Uh, Tom Brady, the longest pass that he will throw tonight, 39 and a half yards. Will he go over or under that? Um, Over, not because it's in the air or we're talking about the actual ball in the air, like or we're talking like the no, pass a, third, a 40 yard pass. Keep it simple, please. Um, Over. Over 39 and a half. So he mm-hmm. just has to complete a 40 and you're, you're, you win on that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, it, the ball won't be in the air for 40 no, yards. No, this Somebody's is a, a yard. Who, who counts that stuff? It's a, it's a um, prop. Uh, every freaking fantasy football site. You cannot bet on that, it. Joe. I'm not saying okay. you can bet on it, but I'm just asking. I want to make sure is, I know this what is, I'm talking you're not, about. The FanDuel's not taking bets on how long the ball's in the air. Okay. That's, that's I never, that's never going to happen. I just want to make sure that I know what you're asking me. 40-yard pass. Who's going to catch that 40-yard pass out of curiosity? Edelman. Edelman. Is Dorsett out tonight? Uh, yeah, it's trending that way, I believe. I, you know, I just, he was ruled out yesterday. Yes, I just he's cut out. this Jacoby Myers after all these weeks. I finally cut him. Isn't it doesn't matter. He's not going to be relevant anyway. He was relevant in the preseason. All right, we <laughs> will. Uh, yeah, great job with that. All right, we'll uh, take a quick timeout. Ten things that Joe hates about fantasy football is coming up next. John Lobb will join us as well. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. Fantasy Sports Today presents. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. And uh, good news. It looks like, Joe, that for those people who own Christian McCaffrey, that at least with the news that came out this morning, is it looks like it was just kind of a new customary thing that they're doing with him on Wednesdays, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like a mandatory rest day for Christian McCaffrey, and he deserves it considering he's getting like 171 yards from scrimmage per game. That's pretty good. It's like a little more than some offenses are getting. So, uh, yeah, he deserves a day off, don't you think? I think so. I, I do. Let let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. With Christian McCaffrey being the best fantasy player on the planet, the consensus first overall, the Todd Gurley of the last, not last year, but the last few years, is it wise in your mind if you own McCaffrey? Do you have to own this Bohannon character? Do you do you have to this week go out and get him just to be sure as 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 your handcuff? Because he looked good too in that. He game. did. Are you doing a disservice to your fantasy season if you own McCaffrey and you then you don't own Bohannon? Um, I I don't think so. Um, I think that's only something that needs to happen when you're in a deeper league. I think this like in a 14 team league. Yeah, because the replacement value is going to be so difficult. Uh, nobody's going to replace what Christian McCaffrey does. That's just never going to happen. But at the same time, I think you have to understand you have to have yourself a little bit of insurance because at least from a volume standpoint, 
you can get some. And I don't believe it's Bonifan, by the oh, way. Oh, sorry. Too. Sorry. Bonifan. Okay. My okay. Bohannon was a fat reliever, I think, right? Brian Bohannon. Brian Bohannon on the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah Cubs. That's all right. It happens to all of us. Listen, you can, pick it, you can pick him up too. He actually pays a coach at uh, Florida. Atlantic I don't think University. in. Oh, is it really? I, I yeah. don't think. I don't think in a 12 team you need to do this. I don't. I don't think it's necessary because bye weeks are so competitive in, in 10 and 12 team leagues where. There's so much better play. There's so many better players out there, and you have to score more points because everyone's got like an all-star team kind of thing. When you go into the 14, 15, 16 team leagues, that's when I think the Bonifans of the world enter into it, and you absolutely should have them on your roster. Yeah, I I, I don't agree with you. It's not like a hard disagreement. It's just that my my counter would be close your eyes and dream. And this week in a and and I'm a, I don't even want to jinx this, but. Uh, close your eyes and dream of a situation where McCaffrey this week in London gets hurt. And you have zero chance to pick up Bonifa next week. He's the number one player on the waiver wire going off the board. I think you got to get a week ahead of it. I, that, that that to me is the issue. And if we do that with other running backs in fantasy, Joe, I think we got to do it with this one too. I think it's, I, I think it's a must for me. It's like, why? Well, I guess it should uh, Alexander Madison be owned in 12 team leagues. That that's another great name. Madison's a guy that's playing every week. So that's, that's a tougher gauge because he's actually contributing. He's a guy that you can throw in a flex in a 12 team league on bad bye weeks and, and hope for the best. Maybe you get, you know, now six for 50 out of him. Cause we've Maybe. seen those kind of games already from Madison. We've seen some touchdowns from Madison too. So I think that's different than a guy who, so far in the year has, you know, let's see, uh, game logs so far. He's played in five games. Uh, let's get the stats on him here on Bonifan. Uh Seven rushes over those five games. Now, I know he had a big play. The oh, other he day, didn't play at all until the last couple right. of weeks. Yeah. So five games, seven rushes. You look at the game log uh, in terms of usage. It's all been Christian McCaffrey. He had two carries against Arizona and he had five carries last week against Jacksonville. That was right. It. Right. But of the 32 teams in the NFL. Right. I understand what you're saying. It's not if McCaffrey bad. gets hurt, you're not getting Bonifant. You're not getting him if you do not get him now and, and something happens to McCaffrey. What other running back in the NFL could you say about that right now? Probably none. So that's a good argument. But I think it's a I told you it's a definitive for me to deeper league 12 team. I'm on the yeah, fence. No, I, I'm just trying to play the like. argument because it hit me like a like a thing in the head the other day. And in the one league where I have McCaffrey, I'm like, okay, I'm just picking this guy up. I'm just going to put him there, and I don't need Jacoby Myers anymore. That's the point. <laughs> like, like it's it's just not happening for Jacoby well, Myers. I hope you picked up him and not Bohannon because that would have been tough. Like you picked I up some guy named Bohannon. I, I have both. <laughs> I have both. It's like the reliever on the uh, Rays. I picked up the wrong guy. I forget his name though. The uh, uh, that's happened to all of us at one uh, point in time. And like you got to make sure you because you know some of these systems depending on what you're playing on can be tough. And like you go you you plug it in you think you got the guy and then you look you're like no that's the wrong that's the wrong diaz or whatever it is right it's, just, it's tough all right uh 10 things we hate about fantasy football joe i think we have time for several of them so let's go all ahead right. and, and find out all right uh let's let's try this one adam gaze tried to kill luke falk that was number one on the list and i poured poor poor luke falk and not only that it was just a it was just a terrible situation for the Jets in general. I mean, you had to know that pushing Darnold was not going to matter. Even if he played against the Eagles, he was putting him in danger. Bad job by Adam Gase. Number two, Aaron Rodgers might be a ghost the rest of the year in a certain not in the sense of not being good, not that you can't start him, but in, ter- in terms of thinking of him as the superstar fantasy quarterback. It was only one game this year where he's thrown for more than 240 yards, and that game was their only loss of the season. Keep that in mind going forward because they care about W's more than they care about stats in Green Bay. And I'm telling you right now, even with Adams out potentially or in the lineup, you might see this team continue to just run the football a little bit more. Number three, Austin Eckler, 
is still better and more productive than Melvin Gordon. Now that's just happening this week. We'll see what happens going forward. We'll see if that starts to turn. But right now, this is kind of frustrating because Melvin Gordon owners are starting to question their will to live. Uh, Patrick Mahomes just having one touchdown in his last two games. All those stupid goon squad, Patrick Mahomes regression people coming out of the woodwork. Oh, he's not going to get to 50 touchdowns. Yeah, no, no, he's not. So what? Shut up. Who cares? Maybe he'll get to 40. Who cares? 50 was amazing. It was an incredible thing that happened. It doesn't mean he's not still the best quarterback around. So anything, any any words on those first couple? No, I like I like Kansas City this week a little bit against Houston. I, I think do too. I, I think there's finally uh, there. This is one of those I would go against the trend of KC not covering the last few weeks. Like I think I think KC comes out big this week against uh, Houston. I think that they'll be. I love the spot. Supremely motivated after a very disappointing game against the Colts. Like I. I I think Mahomes has a monster game this week. I think it's a big bounce back for him. I agree with that. All right, here's another thing I'm mad about. Jordan Howard starting to become a thing. Three touchdowns in the last two games. Well, I don't know if it's over yet. I don't want to freak out completely. These rookie running backs. I just bombed. Uh, Somebody texted me yesterday. I don't even want to get into detail who, but somebody, uh, somebody important texted me yesterday to let me know about an event coming up and whether, you know, I should cover it or whatever. And I was like, ah, I have a radio show. Oh, well, hey, anyway, thanks for Miles Sanders. I'm like, damn, man. Damn. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was on him. Big damn. mistake. Big and this mistake. is an important person, huh? An important yeah, person. Yeah, big mistake, huh? man. Oh, wow. You just lost a lot of your street cred now. How does it feel yeah, when you walk around bad. the streets of uh, Florida with less cred? A lot of dangerous streets out there. Florida. Yeah. By the way, we did I'll Arizona just, man it. yesterday. I saw there was that. Some, I saw <laughs> there that. Was some, there were some crazy stories from Arizona. Yeah. Man. Let me tell you, I thought Florida was a wacky place, but apparently there's a lot of meth floating around Arizona. Very so. much so. Very yeah. much. So. Uh, yeah. Number nine on this list was I was wrong, and I know Craig loves this. I was wrong about Leonard Fournette. I have zero shares anywhere in all my leagues of Leonard Fournette, and so far, could not be more wrong. The guy's been fantastic. He's been on the field. He's even starting to catch passes. So many positive things about Fournette and maybe, I don't know, maybe had I had a little bit more Gardner Minshew confidence in that swagger, I don't know, something about Nick Foles and that offense wasn't jiving for me and Minshew's kind of taking the ball and run with it basically and Leonard Fournette's been a huge part of this offense. So I'll ask you, do you think this is the Fournette we see all year, Craig, or do you think, I think that you're, there's still I think the you, risk there? Yeah, I think you cut yourself off too soon there. I, I would let this one go a little bit longer because of the injury risk with him. That's why. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, 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 if, I, if I was you, put it this way. If if I, I, I'm, not, I'm not calling you out on all the mistakes or whatever, but if I was you, the one thing that I would have done um, if I was you and I was writing this column, the thing that I think that you were most uh, not wrong on necessarily, but the most uh, misguided on a little bit. And I know he got hurt, but it was Gore and Singletary. I think that that was the one because I think that you uh, didn't really understand that they were going to use Gore no matter what, no matter how much Singletary was healthier playing. And I think that Joe, even when Singletary well, comes back, and even when he's a hundred percent, he is not gonna play, man. Well, here you go. Continue to play. I, I just traded this week to Matt Modica, Devin Singletary. So yeah, I, I got out from under and look, and I made the deal. It was a helpful deal. It got me uh, Andy Dalton. It's a super flex league. Hey, you need a and flip. well, hey, I'm five and zero, oh, baby. I'm five and zero oh in flex. That's awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. coming for that belt. So here's here's the thing. And he's a uh, Buffalo fan too. I still he did. I, they took advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. But but here's the here's the point is I still felt even with that potential of that gore 
presence that Singletary could touch the football as many times as he did. And if you look at the times, just watch the 10 carries he's had this year. You look at him and go, oh, my God. And if his usage was second half as the guy that was fresh legs and was going to run all over people, he only had to carry the ball eight, nine times to be something that was fantasy flex worthy. And that was my point, too, because I thought they were going to be committed to running the football and committed to turning the page, especially when they let go of McCoy. That was a huge flag when they were ready to roll more with Singletary. So you're not wrong. Gore wasn't going away. But Singletary was good enough to still make things happen. But the problem is, you can't make things happen when you have a hamstring injury. And you're all no, off the feet. and and that's that's part of the the story too. And and I don't believe that it's he had a lot of injury history there. But I just I simply he didn't. I simply think that you're going to see he's going to come back. He's still not going to play, man. He's still yeah. not going to. I I just and again, you're right. The guy is more talented than Gore. But wherever Gore goes, he plays because he comes in. He's the first in the building. And I know this from Miami. He's the first in the building. He's the last to leave. He's running the running back meetings in the room. He endears to his coaches. They love him and they play him. And that's the end of it. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, dude. And that's why. Now, next year in Dynasty Leagues, he may be my favorite guy going into next year. But well, the price is going to be amazing on Singletary next year. Gore destroyed Drake's value. Now, this year, I don't know what happened with Drake. He's just a mess. It's trending upward. It's trending upward the last couple games very quietly. Who? Drake. Go look at the carries. Go look at the game logs. Go look look at the deeper stats. Go in the right. I know that you don't, Joe. I I would not be shocked if he doesn't, if he's inactive this week. Let's just, let's just move on from it. Okay. (laughs) Last but not least, David Johnson is hurt. You get a good game from DJ. Now he's hurt. I hate that. And I'm so happy I got out from under David Johnson a couple weeks ago. I got carry on Johnson and. Frank Gore in that trade. You like how I did there? Yeah. I mean, two guys who you hated at the beginning. Now you got because sometimes you need a little bit of strength. You got to pivot. You got to pivot. That's the way we're right. All right. Uh, speaking of pivot, we pivot coming up next as we go to John Law to talk a little fantasy college football. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And welcome back. As always, on Thursday, we mix in a little bit of college football with our pro football and, of course, a lot of baseball here on this show as the baseball postseason has absolutely delivered in terms of our interest. But we're interested right now in speaking to the gridiron scholar, John Lobb, who joins us every Thursday with a little college football fantasy preview and some game action as well. John, thanks for coming on the show once again. Appreciate it. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm enjoying the baseball playoffs, but I do love college football, so I've been enjoying it tremendously. Well, I got to get back on track after a bad week last week in college football for me, but I will say that the one highlight of the week, without a doubt, had to be the Gators at home really defensively dismantling Bo Nix and ruining any chance that this kid had to win the Heisman. This kid was creeping up, man, in the Heisman Trophy. Now he's off the grid. The Gators, John, 
come up huge at home. They played awesome, and they end up beating Auburn, which probably thwarts their chances of winning a college football championship. But the question is, of course, now in this what have you done for me lately Southeastern Conference, John, the Gators go to LSU, and they are getting 13 points this week. Boy, those odds makers are telling you this game is not going to be close. Yeah, you no, know, I, I was looking at that line, Craig, and I was incredibly impressed with Florida. And you and I discussed it last week, and Joe, on the show. They won me a lot of money, the Gators. I was shocked that they were an underdog. I'll always root or, or bet against a rookie quarterback on the road in the SEC. I thought that front seven dismantled Auburn. Three interceptions they got on Bo Nix. And that run by P. Ryan, that 88-yard touchdown, what a great play. But, you know, I'm looking at this LSU matchup, and my first gut instinct says, can Florida get pressure on Joe Burrow? To me, that's going to be the entire game. Now, Burrow is so much better than Bo Nix, just experience-wise and the season that he is having. I think LSU better be ready for the blitz and the all-out attack and they've got to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand immediately. Now, the good news for the Tigers, they have extraordinarily good playmakers on the outside. Florida's got to be careful with those safeties because if they miss a tackle on one of those wide receivers, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, they can take it 70 yards for a touchdown. So I'm fascinating fascinated to see the LSU offensive line and the Gators safety in this game. I like the 13. It seems really high for a defense that's good. Now, can LSU win by 10? Yes, but Florida will cover. I don't think Florida gives up 35 points in this game. Yeah, they, they, their defense looks great, but it does. But man, the line is telling you <laughs> like dangerous. Like I when I thought after they beat Auburn, I'm like, wow, the Gators are probably be like nine point underdogs, eight point underdogs at LSU. And then they went to 13. I said, wow, this is telling you LSU is a blowout. But I hope not. And it'll be Saturday night in Death Valley where I think LSU's never lost, Joe, in the history of their school. Honestly, like I don't think they've ever lost Saturday night at home in that in that building uh so a daunting task for sure for the gators i can't wait for that matchup but that's not the only great one this week we got the red river rivalry which is always fun you never know what's going to happen in that game except for there's usually a lot of points oklahoma taking on texas uh joe oklahoma has to win this game clearly to advance and get in themselves in a position to be in that final four in the college football playoff i don't know that texas has enough to win this but we've seen this game go sideways in the past what do you make of this one Oh, um, I am absolutely psyched for it. Now, this is one of those games where I think records don't really matter. And before the season started, I felt the Longhorns had two big challenges on their schedule. Obviously, they lost the first one to LSU. Now this is the next big game against Oklahoma. I think Texas, they have the offense to compete with the Sooners in this game. The question is, the Texas secondary is very bad. They've been destroyed all season long. I'm very concerned with their ability to stop C.D. Lamb and Charles Rambo, the two big play wide receivers at Oklahoma. And we know that they're going to scheme those receivers to get wide open. I do like Oklahoma. I'm rooting for Texas 
because I just want to see chaos amongst the top five, six teams in the country. But I do have to say smart money to me falls on Oklahoma because I think they easily score 35 to 42 points in this game. All right, betting against uh, two coaches never goes well. Betting against uh, Bill Belichick and in the the regular season, and then the other regular season guy you can't bet against is Nick Saban. But there are a lot of people who there are a lot of people though, Joe or uh, John, who feel that this is the week that Alabama has a little bit of a hiccup. They're minus sixteen and a half at Texas A and M. The total is sixty one and a half. Can Jimbo Fisher keep this game close? This line is certainly dragging you into taking Texas A&M, but is it the right side in this one? You know, I'm not against Texas A&M. I've been looking at this. Do you know both of these teams have defenses in the top 20? Now, I'll be fair. Texas A&M has not had the most challenging schedule. So this is the biggest one on their docket so far to this season. Obviously, Alabama is going to give them all they can handle with those wide receivers and Tua Tagovailoa throwing the football. But Texas A&M, I like Kellen Mond. He's a good quarterback. He can keep the offense moving. And in general, Jimbo Fisher has been pretty good against Nick Saban. I like the Aggies plus 16 and a half because this is at home. I like the 12th man on the field to be loud there. And to me, I think the Aggies have to hit Tua. They have to get him out of his rhythm. If you allow Tua and those receivers just to do that nice five-step drop back and throw the ball, they're going to eat you up. I think you've got to hit Tua hard and a lot and take some risks on defense. Yeah, some really good games this week in general. A lot of ranked teams playing each other. Iowa and Penn State will also play, although USC isn't ranked. They'll play against Notre Dame. I have a feeling we're in in for some good games this week. You know, the interesting part about this, John, I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, you know, Rutgers is just getting annihilated, and you're familiar with them (laughs) being in the Northeast, that you can't even bet them right now. I know Indiana opened up as like a 28-point favorite, and then I saw earlier this week that Rutgers had three kids pull that uh, Houston thing, and three kids just basically said that we're not going to play the rest of the year, and we're going to redshirt and play next year. Um, but so I, I would suppose that playing guys on Indiana in terms of DFS would be the way to go. They'll end up being the biggest favorite on the board, but you can't even bet it right now. Yeah, I saw that also with the three Rutgers kids. And think about what this says. Indiana, that is a basketball powerhouse, clearly not a football powerhouse, and they've taken this off the board. That's how low the Scarlet Knights are right now. And yes, there are two players on offense that are very interested in DFS four um, players. Stevie Scott, the running back. He's a sophomore running back, and he is a big boy. He's 240 pounds. They're going to run him at least 25 times in this game, so I think he's a great option if you're looking to take advantage of that poor Rutgers defense. All right, John, give me uh, any other games you're looking at this week, either underdogs or even DFS plays. What What do you got cooking for this Saturday? This is probably the best Saturday college football we've had all season. I agree with you. Right now, we're really into the thick of the season. I really enjoy it right now. And we have enough data so you can look at matchups and kind of explore, you know, like who's got a real defense. But you got to look deeper to see which teams, you know, have not had a difficult schedule like Texas A&M. I'll tell you, Oregon, Colorado, it's not a great game because it's Oregon minus 21. But I've got to see Justin Herbert. He is falling in my rankings as an yeah. NFL prospect. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not overly impressed with him. 
every time I see him, I'm just like, you know, there is obviously the physical abilities there, but I feel like that intangible aspect of leading the team and coming up big is not there. So I'm going to be watching Herbert again. And I like Memphis versus Temple. I Memphis is just nasty with the ground game. People think of the Tigers as an aerial assault, but if you've actually watched them, they run the football like crazy. They have a rookie or freshman, Kenneth Gainwell, they're running back. He's going against Temple, who's historically good at home against the run. So I'm very interested to see if the Tigers can run the football there. And the big one on the West Coast, Washington State versus Arizona State. This is going to turn one of these two teams' seasons around. If the Cougars lose this game, and it's even right now, their season's done at 3-3. Three and three. If the Sun Devils win this game at home, they go to 5-1, and one, and their schedule's very interesting and easy down the stretch here. So I'm really interested in Washington State and Arizona State. Yeah, John, before we go, uh, there there seems to be, you mentioned Herbert, which is what I wanted to dive into a little bit here, is because as we get closer toward the end of the season, with these, with these teams, uh, John, in the NFL that are tanking, clearly. I mean, you've got the Bengals and the, and the Redskins and the Dolphins, and so that's starting to come into focus. Steelers are not having a good year. Uh, as, as to who the number one pick would be, and you're right, I've heard the same things as you with Herbert falling. The other interesting name that seems to be rising a lot more, and I remember watching him play last year, that great year Utah State had last year, is Jordan Love. Do you, do you think there's any chance that Love after uh, a season ending and having maybe a great combine could bounce ahead of Tua? There, there seems to be a small percentage of people who are starting to, to push that a little bit. Now, I, I like Jordan Love, and in my Debbie rankings over the summer, I had him in the top six, and I've moved him up to the top five. I have a second-round grade on him. I would be hard-pressed to say that he's going to be ranked higher than Tua. I'm a big Tua fan. He's impressed me every time I see him. Obviously losing, you know, in the SEC, or, you know, he got hurt late in the season. That's different. When the young man is healthy, he's my number one guy in the nation. You know, love is fascinating because I've watched him three times, and I'm going to be watching him more. It's going to come down to the combine, I think, how he throws, and then he's going to go to, like, the senior bowl and those postseason games. I'm a big fan of him. But I don't have a first-round grade at this point. I think people are pushing him up the board a little quickly. Everyone wants to be the first one to yeah. say that, you know, he, he's the guy. Look, I like him, and I've been on him, but I have a second-round grade. Now, does that mean he can't slip into the first round because teams are desperate? Absolutely. We've seen that. I think right now I have him in that um, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton second-round grade. I think he's a good NFL quarterback, not convinced he's a difference maker yet. Yeah, I think what's happened, John, is that the entire NFL grading and 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 scouting completely changed forever last year when Kyler Murray went from nowhere to the number one pick, you know? So yeah. I, I think everybody now is trying to grab Kyler Murray, you know? Like, at this time last year, Murray was still not the favorite to win the Heisman. But he was yes. now on people's radar, you know, at this time last year. But no way in October of 2018 did anybody say Kyler Murray was going to be even in the first round, let, around, let alone the number one overall pick 
in the NFL draft. And I think you're right. I think that's what's happening is that now you're going to start to see people start to grade guys higher just to see if they can be right, which is obviously not the right thing to do. All right, uh, John, thank you again uh, for coming on the show. Uh, Some really good info, some good names as well. We are out of time for this week. We'll catch up again next week. And uh, go Gators. We'll see if they end up pulling it off this week at LSU. I'll be watching closely also, my friends. Have a great day, everyone. All right, John Law, the Gridiron Scholar. You can catch his work over at Fantrax, all his rankings and all his DFS options. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at the Gridiron Scholar 91. All right, our final time out of the show is here. And coming up next, we dive back into a little baseball as we touch on what happened last night with the Dodgers blowing the game against the Washington Nationals as we take care of our exit velocity segment. That is coming up next. So don't go away. More fantasy sports today right after this. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. As we get ready to wrap up this edition of the show and turn it over to full-time fantasy, the baseball playoffs have been super exciting, so we figured we would end this show with a little exit velocity. I feel the need, the need for speed. Exit velocity. All right, I know that the world is coming down on and the walls are coming down on Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw today, and I understand it, and this is the world that we live in. Uh, Hot take world, immediate reaction world, and I completely get it, but I want to go back to what I said earlier in the show. You're talking about the two, two of the top 10 or 15 best hitters in baseball that got Kershaw. In Kershaw's heyday, and, and I understand it's a postseason, but when Kershaw was arguably the number one or two pick overall in fantasy for almost a 10-year period, he may probably get one of those guys out. But he's not the same guy. And the two guys that he gave home runs up to, if they were on the free agent market this year, would be the top two players at their position in terms of free agency. In fact, Rendon is the number one free agent at third base in all of Major League Baseball. Juan Soto, you could make the case maybe outside of Ronald Acuna, the youngest, greatest player in baseball right now. So yes, it's bad. The optics are bad. And clearly the decisions by Dave Roberts in the end look bad as well. But I would remind you that in this day and age where the ball is juiced and people are hitting home runs like crazy, not a huge shock to see two major league all-star impact bats go deep off anybody in baseball. I don't care if his name is Kershaw or if his name is Koufax. It just happened the way it went down last night. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to John Lobb for coming on. For my co-host Joe Pizzapia, I am Craig Mish. Talk to you tomorrow at noon. Have a great day, everybody. Full-time fantasy is next. See ya.